Good morning, New Life Community. My name is Cindy. If you could please stand while I read scripture. Romans 5, 26, 1 through 4, and 22 through 23. But where sin is increased, grace increased all the more, so that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. But shall what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we how can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized in Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried in him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too, we too may live a new life. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness, and the result is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God's eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Would you remain standing as we pray? Lord, you have set us free. And Lord, would you speak to us this morning? Your word is a lamp unto our feet. And Lord, as we gather this morning and read your word and look at it and study it and talk about it, speak to us, Lord, that we might leave here today with your word in our heart, your truth about the gift of grace that you give to us. Lord, we love you. We pray this in your name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and all of God's people shouted. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Today we're talking about the free gift of salvation that has been given to us, Romans chapter 6, that we are God's servants and how wonderful it is to receive the gift of salvation, the gift of grace. Let's, let, let's open up with a, an analogy, a, a silly one, hopefully. Um, so imagine a guy and a girl go on a date. This happens all the time. Let's say it's a blind date, okay? That means that they don't know each other beforehand, and maybe some friends of the girl and the friends of the guy know each other and say, hey, we should get them together, you know, just to see if they like each other, they should go on a date, you know? It's a, so this awkward thing happens online where they write each other and let's just say they agree to go out to like a Saturday afternoon coffee date, right? No big deal. Cool. Okay. So they go on this date. It's a blind date. And the guy, he's a, let's just say he's an interesting guy. He shows up to this afternoon coffee date with this girl. He doesn't know with two dozen long stem roses and the baby's breath. And it's just like as big as his head. And he walks in with these roses and hands it to the girl. What do you think she's going to do? Uh, whoa, 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 slow down here, mister. Like, what, what do you expect about the, you know, what are you thinking here? What do you, this is just an afternoon coffee, right? Let's take it up a notch or a thousand notches. Imagine instead of the roses, the guy shows up to this blind date coffee date with a diamond ring and says, here you go. I just have a gift for you. Just no strings attached. Just a, just a gift. Would you receive this? The girl would say, no way. Get out of here. I'm out of here. You're crazy. This is nuts because a diamond ring and, and maybe 
maybe even two dozen roses, has with it a symbol, a meeting. You, you can't just accept a gift like that and not you know, think differently of the relationship. I wonder if this gift of grace that God gives us, minus all the weird awkwardness, but I wonder if the gift of God is like that. It comes, it's a totally free gift. We do not earn the gift of salvation, the gift of grace, but when we receive it, something different happens in us. The relationship between us and the Lord completely changes. Let's do some review here. So here we are in Romans chapter six. We've gone through Romans chapter one, two, three, four, and five already. Romans chapter one, Paul is on this trajectory leading us up the mountain of this argument. He's saying that he's not ashamed of the gospel. Chapter two, remember we were in the park a couple weeks ago outside and we talked about how we should not judge. The church should not judge. Why? Well, because we're in need of grace too. Chapter three, there's this famous line that says, righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. A couple weeks ago, Romans chapter four, we talked about Abraham was justified by his belief and he, he was made justified by his faith. And then last week we talked about how this is sort of the summit. Paul reaches the summit of this argument and he says, therefore, since you have salvation, you have been given peace and hope even through your suffering. And then Romans chapter six is kind of like the, well, now what? Let's, let's keep talking about this. Now what? Paul is continuing to talk about grace, grace, and grace. And he starts off with this question. The first point of this message is a question. Shall we keep on sinning? Shall we keep on sinning? No, he says, heck no, do not do this. It's, it's this gift that we receive Paul gets into this argument where there's grace and where there's sin, grace will increase. So shall we keep on sinning? No way. If we receive this gift, it's not like a cheap free thing that we get. We should be changed in our life when we receive this free gift from him. It's not like if some of you have uh, like walked around uh, the college commons on the first week of school, they're just handing out free stuff. I love free stuff. Anybody else love free stuff? It's just hard. It's like, I don't even want that, but it's free. So yeah, give it to me. I'll, I'll eat it. I'll take it. I'll, well, it's free. I'll take it. Uh, I love free stuff. So walking around my, my, the first weeks of a college campus, people are just handing out t-shirts. I remember uh, in, in New Mexico, wherever I went to school, they were handing out gift cards to a restaurant. Like here's $5. Just go try out a restaurant. And I think I walked by like five times and got a bunch of gifts. It's just free stuff. I love free stuff. But that kind of free stuff doesn't change you. you just kind of take it and you're like, sweet. Uh, I'm just going to go about my day or that bowl of candy in someone's office. So you're like, oh, sweet bowl of candy. You can't go up to the candy, but you shouldn't at least. The social rules are in place that you can't just walk up to the bowl of candy, open up your purse and just <laughs> dump it in and say thanks and walk away. You can't do that. There's rules that we receive these gifts with some rules kind of attached. But with the, with the gift of God, there's really no rule. It's, it's a, a gift we receive freely. And yet there are what comes with it should be a complete life change. Here's what Paul says. So in, in chapter five, he, he ends chapter five. This was last week. He ends chapter five with, well, where sin increased, grace increases all the more. So that just as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And then starts chapter six. And by the way, these chapter markings were not written by Paul. They were added much later. So, so here's, here's how it all kind of plays out. Chapter six begins with, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may be increased? And then he says, by no means. Those who have died to sin, how can they live in it any longer? 
Paul is playing out this argument. I'm going to call it something like uh, a kid's literal logic. Uh, I have four little boys. Jay is our oldest. He was just up here. Um, He's a very literal little boy and a very like logical kind of scientific mind in his steps and how he thinks. Very literal. Uh, uh, this summer we had a bunch of strawberries because it was strawberry season, and we were just uh, him and I we had this random conversation about how strawberries are good for us. They're a fruit, great. And then later on, we we just celebrated Rowan's birthday party. We had all these lollipops. It's like Jay, what flavor lollipop would you like to have? And he said, Hmm, I'll take the strawberry one because that one's the healthy one. <laughs> it's like, well, it doesn't really work. That way. Or uh, my wife, who's here, red hair in the front, uh, she was driving with the boys in the minivan, and the door was shut, but just not all the way shut, so it started dinging, ding, 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 and Jay said, what's that? And Erica said, it's saying that Rowan's door is slightly open, and Jay, you could see the little wheels turning, he said, how does the minivan know where Rowan is sitting? <laughs> it's like, well, it doesn't really. Or I'm sure if you have kids, you've, you've talked through them with this one. Uh, you're like, okay, okay we're going to go in the store. There's breakable stuff. Don't touch anything. And then I was like, well, when we walk in, our, our feet are going to be touching the floor. Can we touch the floor? Yes, you can. T- well, what about the air? Can we touch the air? Yes, you can touch. Stop it. Like, it's, it's literal kid logic. And I think, Paul, this this argument that Paul is describing is like, well, because if sin increases, grace will increase all the more to cover that sin. Well, then why can't we increase our sin so that grace can even outdo that sin? Like, shouldn't we just keep on sinning? And Paul says, by no means, or may it never be, exclamation point. I had a Greek professor that was very emphatic that said that this this way Paul is saying it here is like he's saying it so strongly, it's like he's cussing. It's like he's saying, heck no, but, but, but even more so. He's like, no, may it never be. Don't. Why would you even think like that? Uh, because if sin increases, grace increases all the more. There is, of course, um, repercussions to sin. That's why there's prisons. That's why uh, there's court systems and things like that. There are repercussions of sin and there are consequences of sin. And I was thinking uh, back in in my life uh, as a little kid, I was in sixth grade. The teacher, I'm still to this day, this story is going to make you a little bit mad, by the way. Um, but still to this day, I really don't know what was, what was the plan of this lesson. But a policeman came in, I think it was like during health class, the police came in and was talking about rules and law and, and said so we really need uh, rules you know to govern society and there has to be punishments to those rules for society as you're he talking philosophy of you know uh, the legal system and he said I imagine if there's no rules and he said this and, and he said for the next five minutes in this classroom there are no rules there's none whatsoever whatever classroom rules whatever the teacher said there, you know there's just no rules whatsoever I'm a cop so so I can do this. And still to this day, looking back, I was like, what did he think was going to happen? Um, and, and maybe what he thought was a couple kids, you know, started standing up and kind of dancing and being silly. Kids started talking. Uh, some kids moved to go sit with other kids. This is all within like the first 20 seconds. And this one kid, kind of the bad kid in the class, his name was John. I forget his last name. He took a chair and the desk, it was like a chair desk attached to it. And he just gets up, picks it up and throws it out the window. <laughs> 
Santa just lands on the grass, two stories down, and everyone's just like, uh, what was that? And so cops like, hey, you shouldn't have done that. And the teacher's like, hey, come with me. We're going down to the principal's office. And it's just the kid got taken down. He had detention every day for the rest of the year because he threw a chair out the window. And I, it, it makes you mad, doesn't it? It's like, why did the cops set that kid up to do that? And it's like, well, there's still consequences for our actions. And so should sin increase just so grace should increase by no means. I was thinking about the consequences of of sin, even though it's covered by grace. Um, I was thinking about uh, maybe just get into this next point here, because Paul leads us right into um, uh, being baptized. Like he says, it should grace because grace increases when sin increases. Should we sin all the more? No way, because we have been baptized into Christ Jesus, and we should be changed. It's, it's, it says this in, in verse 3, Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of our Father, we too may have new life. Have you heard that before? New life. It's the name of our church. Like This is a very important verse to us that when we receive Christ and, and Paul brings in this baptism, we'll talk about that for just a second. He says you died in baptism. Imagine if someone uh, that we didn't know just came in from, from, you can see Manitou Ave up there through the, the curtain windows there. And they came in and they, were, they sat down and some of us got to meet this person afterwards. It was like, yeah, I was up on Manitou Ave and a semi-truck came by and I got hit by it and it rolled right over me. And we were like, like really? Like, you look fine. You look, you, you look just normal. And he's like, yeah, I got totally hit by a semi-truck and it rolled over me and here I am. Would we believe him? No, we probably wouldn't. It's like because the weight of a semi-truck would change you forever. The weight of the Lord, like being in the Lord and being covered by the Lord, being baptized in what Paul here is saying, being baptized into his death should change us forever. We would never, ever be the same. So to talk about baptism just a little bit, the sacred uh, sacrament, this mystery of, of being baptized. I think we, we do this here a couple times a year at New Life Manor too. We get troughs and we fill them up and, and Cindy's been baptized. Dominique who's downstairs and Rachel uh, have been baptized here. And they go into the water and there's this symbol of death. that They're dying to an old way and they're being cleansed. Uh, and this is uh, the, the the, the mystery of baptism. They come up out of the water and Paul says that's like that we may too be raised from the dead when we come out of the water and we are different when we accept this work of Christ in our life. I was talking about um, baptism after the service we had where I think it was Dominique and, and uh, Rachel got baptized. My son Jay, who's six, uh, said, I want to get baptized. And I said, well, well, let's talk about this. He's like, well, wh- why do you want to get baptized? And I said, well, I want to bring my toys and I want to play and I want to splash around and wouldn't that be, and the water's warm. And I was, and we were like, well, you know, that's not really what baptism is. There's times for playing in a pool and baptism is something else and it's it's identifying with Christ's death. And, and I kind of said that and he just kind of looked away and walked away. It's like, well, I guess we'll talk about baptism when you're a little older, but that's what it is. It's this symbol. It's the sacrament. It's this mystery of 
death and we are raised up out of the water a different person. I usually try to try to find a way to work in this cheesy joke. It's like a cheesy pastor joke after someone gets baptized and I like cheesy uh, pastor jokes. So I'll find the person that got baptized and, and after the baptism they'll kind of be cold because they, they were in the water and I'll say, do you know why you're so cold? And they're like, what? <laughs> I'll say, because you just died today. And they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> like that's, that's what's happening. That, that's this symbol. That's this sacrament. The mystery of baptism is that you die and then you come back to life and you are raised with Christ. We are going to do baptisms uh, uh, next month. And if any of us in here is like, well, like for me, like I got baptized as a baby and it was, uh, I, I don't remember much of it. Uh, and then later on I was like, well, I've, I've really identified with Christ. I would like to get baptized again. Not that that baptism as a baby like didn't count for salvation and, and, and we are not saved by getting bap- baptized. If, if you're not familiar with the, the theology behind that, we, we say that you, you get saved and you receive Christ and, and you do baptism as this wonderful sacrament, this mystery that celebrates that you have died with Christ and Christ has died for you so that you might have salvation. So moving on to this next point, this last point here is that grace is the gift of Jesus Christ. Grace is the gift of Jesus Christ. The verse here at the end of chapter six says this, but now you have been, listen to what this says. If your mind's starting to wonder, this is a huge point for this morning. But now that you have been set free from sin, do you believe that? Do you've been set free from sin? You've become slaves of God. The benefit you reap leads to holiness. And the result is eternal life. Then a very famous verse that maybe many of you could quote, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Paul talks about grace in the book of Romans more than any other place in the Bible. There is a concentration of this word in the Greek charis, which means grace or it means gift. A concentration of 10 times in chapters five and six does Paul talk about charis, the gift, the grace. It's like he's, t- he's looking at an object and from different angles, he's talking about it. It's like every week, some of you, I'm always surprised to find out that some uh, people from Manitou don't know that we have a, a Manitou newspaper. It's our local newspaper, the Pikes Peak Bulletin. And on the last page, there's always a, where is it? And it's this picture of something in Manitou and you have to know what it is and go find it. And so there it is. And I've, I'm obsessed with this every week. I go find the, where is it? Just ask anybody in my family. It's like, this is what we do. We go find the, where is it in the Pikes Peak Bulletin. But anyways, it's like Paul sees this thing and he, and then we're not really sure what it is, but we, we need to understand it. And so he begins to just talk about it from all these angles, describing what God's grace is, describing this gift for us. And he talks about it in so many different ways. Next week, Romans 7, Justin Mendel is going to be speaking about Romans 7. And it's this gift of grace that we receive and we're no longer slaves to sin. And it's this famous passage next week where it's like, I don't want to sin, but, but what I, I do sin. Because, but it's not me who does it. It's, it's sin inside of me sinning. And it's, it's, this, it's like this object that you really don't know what it is. But Paul, from all these different angles, is talking about the mystery of God. 
So it's this gift, and we, we, just to, to remind us, to repeat, if I haven't already said this enough, we do not earn salvation. It is a gift that we get freely, but when we receive this gift, it changes us completely, like the gift of having kids. If you have kids, you know uh, that uh, that's a free gift. You know, some of you know how that kind of thing works, uh, but technically it's free, I guess, and then you get this gift, and it changes you forever and ever. You are no longer the same after having a child or some of you are familiar with our our military there's there's a there's an air force uh, academy here in colorado springs and uh students can go to this school if they're accepted for four years for free and yet they have to there's there's this new allegiance that they have they swear in and they can never look at the flag in the same way they're serving their country it's a new allegiance that they get to be a part of today is an invitation to receive this gift to be a servant of God. Like, why wouldn't you, after receiving this gift that is so wonderful and so great, not serve the Lord and be his servant? Let me conclude with this verse here, verse 22. It's at the end of uh, chapter 5, it's the ver- chapter 6, it's the verse we've read today. And it says, But now that you have been set free from sin, and have become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness, and the result is eternal life. Would you bow your head with me, and and let's be quiet before the Lord. There's times um, in our church services where we are really loud and proclaiming with joy and singing songs in in loudness before the Lord. There's other times where where we, we get quiet, so Lord, here in this, in this quietness, Lord, we thank you for, for your gift to us. That Lord, you, the creator of all, the maker of all things, came to this world. You yourself came, you lived on this earth. You, you died for our sins. And now this gift of grace can be bestowed upon all who believe. And Lord, in your mercy, you extend this gift freely. It's a free gift. It's salvation. And those who receive it, how could we not be changed? How could we not, like in the waters of baptism, the the sacred mystery of, of dying to an old thing so that we might be raised with you to eternal life? The wages of sin are death, but Lord, your gift is eternal life and it's salvation. So we welcome that, Lord. We welcome that in this church. We welcome your gift of grace in our lives that we might be forever changed from the inside out. We might be your servants and follow you all the days of our life and receive back as as chapter five showed us in the book of Romans, we might receive peace and we might receive hope even through our suffering. So we pray this in your name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Would you stand with me? We're going to say together a prayer. It's sort of our tradition to, in unison as a church, pray a prayer together. This is the prayer of of asking the Lord to forgive us. So if you join me in, in praying these words, most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your son, Jesus Christ, 
have mercy on us and forgive us, that we might delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen.